my deep gratitude to all special souls who have come to attend this very auspicious celebration of the disappearance of Om Vishnupad Paramhamsa Paribrajagacharya Sri Sriman Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur I'm especially very grateful to His Holiness Srila Sahotra Swami Maharaj for being here today one of the brave and fearless soldiers in Srila Prabhupada and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's army of Vaishnav preachers who has risked his life in the service of Sri Guru and Goranga time and time again living a life of total sacrifice and devotion a very learned scholar a very humble Vaishnav and a great inspiration to all who are fortunate to be in his presence let us welcome him to Sri Radha Gopinath just received the special mercy of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur by showing our affection and appreciation for one of his very dear grandsons. In this song that we have sung, Srila Prabhupada is revealing his heart on the Jaladuta September 13th he had just had two heart attacks he had no single person who had the slightest interest in his mission or in his philosophy waiting for him in New York City Can you imagine a seven-year-old person just enduring that rigorous, life-threatening ride on the boat across the Atlantic Ocean, coming to a strange foreign land? In this prayer, he's revealing his heart to Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And by his causeless mercy, we are allowed to intimately understand what is the heart of a pure Vaishnava. He's revealing his complete dependence on the mercy of his spiritual master, Shri Srimad Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada who ordered him on their first visit and their first meeting at the Bhakti Vidod Asan one Ultadunga Junction Road in Calcutta 
first meeting. He ordered Srila Prabhupada, who had just bowed down. You should, you are intelligent young man. You should take this message of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and teach it to the whole world in the English language. Srila Prabhupada spoke to his Guru Maharaj for a couple hours that night. And at that very time, he accepted him in his heart of hearts as his spiritual master and dedicated his entire life to his service. Throughout Srila Prabhupada's preaching, he never took any credit himself. He always told us that this is all the mercy of my Guru Maharaj. My only qualification is I'm simply trying to carry out his instructions. I'm simply trying to repeat what I have heard from him without adding or subtracting anything. Srila Prabhupada is revealing in this prayer his great humility, that he's unqualified, he's unworthy of performing this great mission. A mission that no other acharya in the history of our Vaishnav culture has ever even attempted to do. And at his age, with no support from anyone, but he had complete faith that he would be successful. Because he had complete faith in the mercy of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur. And that this great soul, the most magnanimous, powerful, and merciful of all acharyas, could perform this inconceivable service through him. Srila Prabhupada would sometimes describe to us in brief the divine life of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. In the time we have tonight, there's not much we can say. But Bhakti Vinod Thakur, he appeared in this world specifically to reestablish the pure teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This morning, His Holiness Srila Sahocha Swami Maharaj explained the unique contribution of Lord Chaitanya. He extracted the very essence of all the knowledge of the Vedic scriptures and presented it in the form of Achintya Veda Tattva. How 
the soul is inconceivably one and different than the supreme soul, Krishna. Srila Prabhupada would explain, just like the sun ray is qualitatively one with the sun, but quantitatively much different. Or like a gold ring is quantitatively the same as the gold of the mind, but qualitative, but quantitatively only a tiny fragment. Similarly, the source of all life is this Atma. This body is a covering made out of the external material elements. We are not these bodies. The body is like a set of dress that we have to, according to our karma, live within for a certain amount of time. However, who is it that's seeing through the eyes, hearing through the nose, tasting through the tongue, smelling through the nose, feeling through the flesh, thinking through the brain, loving through the heart? It is the jivatma. One ten thousandth the size of the tip of hair in size. What is the nature of that jivatma? The beginning of real knowledge is to ask this question, who am I? Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu begins his teachings to Sanatana Goswami with this subject. Jivera Swarupoi Krishna Nityadas. The nature of the soul is that it is the eternal servant of the Supreme Soul. Because Mamayavamsa Jiva Loke Jiva Buddha Shanatana. Because we are part and parcel of Krishna, the nature of the part is it is always subordinate to the whole. And the real happiness of the part is only in its unity with the whole. The source of all sufferings is forgetting our relationship with Krishna. And the source of all real happiness is remembering our relationship with Krishna. We are eternally his servants. We can never become God. The Vaishnavacharyas have all profusely defeated this misconception. But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu presented the perfect understanding how we are godly, but we are not God. We are of the same divine substance of the Lord. Ishwara Paramakrishna Satchirananda Vigraha. And the soul has an eternal spiritual body, which is also Satchirananda Vigraha. Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. The soul is meant to be enjoyed by Krishna. That is our constitutional position. Bhagavatam describes when you pour water on the root of the tree, every part of the tree is satisfied. A 
अहम सर्वस्य प्रभवो मत सर्वम प्रभात कृष्ण इज द काज ऑफ ऑल काजेस ही इज द सोर्स ऑफ ऑल स्पिरिचुअल एंड मटीरियल वर्ल्ड देर फोर वन ही इज सैटिस्फाइड वी फाइंड द अल्टिमेट फुलफिलमेंट ऑफ ऑल ऑफ आर इटर्नल स्पिरिचुअल नीड्स we can conquer lands we can amass billions of dollars we can fulfill all of our material needs and wants but the heart will remain in a poverty stricken starving condition because the soul's nature is to long for eternal unlimited love and that can only be found in reconnecting with krishna and the process of reconnecting with krishna is described in bhagavad gita bhaktyatvananyaya shakyam aham evam vidurjana gyatam drastam cha tatvena praveshtam cha parantapa it is only by undivided devotion that i can be understood as i am and the essence of devotion is manmanabhava madbhakto matyajimnam namaskar to always remember krishna to become his devotee to worship him to offer homage unto him we will come to krishna without fail through this process because we are simultaneously inconceivably one and different as is krishna in all of his various energies his material energy his spiritual energy so chaitanya mahaprabhu descended to this world for a very special purpose to demonstrate practically what he spoke in his previous avatar as lord shri krishna Krishna told us that we should surrender to him by always remembering him. But who in Kali Yuga can understand this lofty philosophy and apply it practically to our lives? But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna who comes in the role of his most intimate loving devotee to teach the world by his example. He spoke the most profound philosophy that defeated and converted even the greatest scholars pundits and sanyasis of the time sarvabhoma bhattacharya prakashananda saraswati venkata bhatta all various type persons of various schools of thought when they heard him speak they were struck with wonder it was the all inclusive philosophy that gives the highest conception of the absolute truth that includes all others and refutes all illusion but the essence of his philosophy was practical that we must purify our hearts and that comes through serving the lord's devotees how trinada pisuni chena tarora pisishuna 
amanina manadena kirtani asadahari. In a spirit of being more humble than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree, ready to offer all respect to others and expect none in return. This way we could chant the name constantly. And he taught us that we should show compassion to the fallen souls by giving them knowledge of the real goal of life, to love Krishna. And he taught the Yuga Dharma, the only means in this age of Kali by which we can perfectly clean the heart and awaken that, that Krishna prem that is dormant within us. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema Sajjakabunoi Sravanadi Sudhicheti Kodiya Yudoi Through the chanting of the holy names. Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 explains in Gita why he appears in this world. The Lord appears, but the nature of material existence is people want to cheat. People want to enjoy separate from God and to justify it, they even pervert and destroy religion in the name of religion. Sometimes he appears directly, sometimes he empowers his servants. When Thakur Bhakti Vinod was living in this world, he saw that the most glorious, effulgent culture of Gaudiya Vaishnavism was practiced purely by just a few people who were living in secluded places. And the general public were being exposed to imitationists, Prakrita Sahajyas, who were taking the, the pristine Siddhanta of Mahaprabhu and using it to justify sinful activities. Therefore, the educated and cultured people in society condemned and rejected the parampara of Lord Chaitanya. How horrible. Lord Chaitanya, he demanded the ultimate highest moral principles amongst his devotees. He could not even tolerate hearing anyone speak unwholesome or perverted conceptions of Ras. In fact, to the general public, he just taught basic philosophy in Harinam Kirtan, the very, very high, intimate, confidential topics of Radha and Krishna. He spoke only to very, very elevated, pure, eternal associates. 
like Ramananda Rai, Swarup Damodar. But here people, they wouldn't speak Gita. They would only speak the Ras of Braj. And at the same time, they were performing so many illicit activities in the name of Raganuka Sadhana. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur took it as his mission in life to reestablish the true principles of Sanatana Dharma and how he fought and what a glorious victory he created. It was his heartfelt prayer to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Krishna that please send one of your personal eternal associates to this world to assist me in this mission. He prayed for a ray of Vishnu to appear as his child. His fourth child was born in Jagannath Puri, the land of Lord Jagannath, the Leelastan of Mahaprabhu. He was born with all the symbols of a great Mahapurusha. His umbilical cord was around his neck and his body, just like a sacred thread for a Brahmin. When he was only six months old during the Ratayatra, the cart stopped in front of Bhaktivinoda's house. And 2,000 of us went to Ratayatra this year in Puri, and we had personal experience of how essentially Jagannath, Baladev, and Subhadra, they go where they want to go when they're on that cart. And we're pulling. But ultimately, they have their will. We saw devotees were pulling Balaram one way and he was going the other way. <laughs> so Jagannath stopped for three days right in front of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's house. It wouldn't move. During that time, Bhaktivinoda Thakur went on a cart and was having wonderful kirtan. And Bhagavati Devi brought her six-month-old child to the top of the chariot. And the child reached out his hands to offer prostrated obeisances and touch the feet of Jagannath. And right at that moment, Jagannath's garland fell from his neck and circled around the little boy. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was a Paramhamsa Vaishnav who could understand the will of God. He understood perfectly then that my prayer has been fulfilled. When he was just a small child of about four years old, Prabhupada tells how he once ate a mango. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Ah, you, that was not offered. He made a vow, I will never eat a mango again as long as I live. He kept that vow. When he was a great acharya, in the mango season, people liked to bring mangoes. He would say, no, I am an offender, I cannot take it. Such determination. 
when he was in school. Even as a small boy, he was so deeply absorbed in philosophy. He also was a great mathematician, astrologer, and astronomer. When he was a very young boy, Bhakti Vinod Thakur gave him Harinam initiation. And when he was only about eight years old, Bhakti Vinod Thakur seeing his incredible spiritual uh, capacity, he gave him a deity of Kurmadev, which he found underground while digging his bhajan kutir. And gave him the mantra. Kurma deity is worship for spiritual stability, foundation. When he graduated high school, he was a genius. He could just remember everything and anything that was ever taught to him. He, he actually had the capacity to memorize entire libraries. When he was just young, he was writing books about mathematics, astrology, and astronomy. And the greatest scholars of the time were giving him awards and praise. In fact, Calcutta University reserved the chair of the Department of Astronomy for Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Scholars gave him the name Siddhanta Saraswati because of his great scholarship. He went to Sanskrit College. And although he studied all these things, factually, his main interest was reading his father's books. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, when he was a child, he gave him the Sri Chaitanya Shikshamrita and taught him that book. He was very much deeply immersed in that. And when he was just a beginning student in Sanskrit College, he was defeating the senior most professors in logic, debate, and Sanskrit. He had such a reputation. He was the most brilliant scholar of the college as a beginning student. But then he was thinking, if I graduate with honors, then people are going to think I'm very qualified and then they will put pressure on me to get married and do something with my education. But I don't want to be disturbed by all these thoughts. So he actually left college just to keep his life simple. He started an organization, the August Assembly, amongst students, young students. And he was the leader of that. And in order to be a part of this club, you had to take a vow of celibacy for the rest of your life. So 
As far as we know, he's the only one who maintained that vow. And they would discuss very, very high topics of Krishna consciousness. At one time, the king of Tripura, when he was just at that time in his life, knowing his great scholarship, wanted him to be the tutor, the teacher for his whole family. So he did that. And he was promised all kinds of comforts and large salary and everything. But he had a calling for a greater mission to help his father. So he left it. And he began to totally dedicate his life to helping Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur in the mission of spreading the message of pure love of Godhead throughout the entire world. His father taught him the importance of the printing press to publish books. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur expanded that principle. He called the printing press the Brihat Murdanga the big Murdanga said our kirtan Harinam that can be heard in a localized area but if we print thousands hundreds and thousands of literatures then the name and the philosophy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Krishna can be spread and heard all over the world He met one very, very great Vaishnav, Paramhamsa Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj. He had very, very deep respect for him. He could see clearly that he was a perfectly self-realized soul. His father, Thakur Bhaktivinoda, ordered him to take initiation from Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj. But the Paramhamsa Babaji he decided in his life he would never accept a single disciple because he considered himself a very fallen soul. And so many people were approaching him for so many material purposes that he very much isolated himself through various uh, wonderful means. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur approached him and with tears in his eyes begged him to accept him as a disciple. Gorkishore Das Babaji said, No, impossible. I'm practically illiterate. I hardly know reading and writing. I'm a simple man. You're a great scholar. You're the son of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, my Shiksha Guru. How can I become your Guru? Impossible. Bhakti, at that time, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was also, his birth name was Bhimala Prasad. 
he approached Gorky Shordas Babaji Maharaj on several occasions. One time Gorky Shordas Babaji said, I will consult with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and see if he gives his blessings. Some days later he came back, he said, Did you consult with Lord Chaitanya? Gorkishore said, I forgot. <laughs> Come another day. So in this way he was not accepting. Gork Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur actually from the core of his heart decided that he would end his life. That there is no reason to live in this human body unless you have a proper spiritual master who accepts you and to surrender your life to him. When Srila Gorkishordas Babaji Maharaj saw that sincerity in the heart of Srila Saraswati Thakur, he accepted him as his disciple. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur taught by his example and his words. He said one should never approach a spiritual master to improve his material life. You can do that without a spiritual master. One is properly suited to approach a bona fide spiritual master when one loses faith in the false promises of this illusory material world. When one understands and is convinced that this is a place that ultimately culminates in death. Therefore, we approach the spiritual master to learn who am I? Who is God? Why am I suffering? What is the real purpose of life? Tadvidi pranipatina pariprasnena sevaya. Who is Krishna? And how may I serve him? How may I love him? How can I serve you? A disciple who genuinely wants spiritual realization is a fit candidate to be initiated. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he was doing some preaching. He also did much bhajan. At one time he made a vow to chant one billion names of Krishna. And he fulfilled that vow. One time... Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur called upon his son. He was very ill and bedridden. There was a conference in Midnapur. The Smarta Brahmins were uh, blaspheming the Vaishnav culture. Because they were claiming that unless one is born a Brahmin, 
one has no real access to higher spiritual truths. And of course, these Brahmins, many of them, they simply manipulated the sentiments of society because of their birth. But they had inaccurate understandings of the scriptures. They were addicted to sinful activities. They were exploiting and misleading people. And still thinking and teaching, because of their high birth, they were the gurus of society and no one else could take that position. Everyone had to serve them and hear from them if they wanted to approach God. Madhusudan Goswami of Radharaman Temple in Vrindavan and the other, many other great Vaishnavas, they were being attacked by these smarta Brahmins. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who was supposed to give a speech at that conference, asked his young son to go there on his behalf. When he entered into that assembly, the Smarta Brahmins were on one side of the room and the Vaishnavas were on the other. Total polarization. And it was a very angry situation of conflict. So Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur, so expertly, he began to quote scriptures and present logic to explain the glorified position of a Brahmin. And all the Brahmins, they were in jubilation. They were thinking, he's the main speaker for the enemy and he's on our side. They just totally opened their hearts, opened their minds to hear the nectar flowing from his mouth which was glorifying them. And that went on for such a long time. And in fact, the Brahmins were thinking, even the Brahmins, we have never understood the glory of the Brahmins like he's showing. <laughs> and then after he completely won their hearts, he began to explain who's really a Brahmin. <laughs> and what is a Vaishnava? how a Vaishnava is beyond a Brahman. And he quoted about ten times more slokas to prove that point. The Brahmins were stunned. They were shocked. And some of them, very angrily, began to challenge him. And in just a few words, he totally demolished all their misconceptions publicly in front of everyone until they were all totally silent. They admitted by their silence total defeat by the Vaishnavas. There were thousands of people there. They were cheering and roaring, glorifying this young man who had established the true glory of Vaishnavism. And what is the real essence of a Brahman? 
there were thousands of people crowding around to touch his feet. So the police was thinking, this is going to be a riot. So they didn't know what to do. So, one of, so some of the police guards, they, they, they begged Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, just put your foot in this water just for a second, please. So they touched his foot to the water. Then they just threw the water on everyone's heads and everyone was very happy. Bhakti Vinod Thakur was very proud of him. One time, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was in Kulia, which is the present-day Navadweep, and he was giving a lecture. In this lecture, he was explaining what is a true devotee of Krishna. And he was exposing the misconduct and unphilosophical way of thinking of the Prakrita Sahajas and establishing what is true morality and what is pure unalloyed devotion. It was an incredible lecture. He didn't know it, but hiding in the corner of that room was his Guru Maharaj, Srila Gaur Kishore Das Babaji, who specially came to hear his disciples speak. And he was weeping in ecstasy to hear the, the, the divine conclusions that he was expressing. Srila Gaur Das Babaji used to call Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati my Prabhu, my master. And Bamsi Das Babaji, who was another Paramhamsa Mahapurush Babaji, he used to say that someone very close to my Gora has come to see me every time Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur would come. Bhakti Vinod Thakur at one time took Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur to Jagannath Puri to live with him. And there was one, the most famous preacher in all of Puri, was a sahajya. He was concocting, he was making up very poetic mantras, which sounded nice, but actually were mixing rasas in an unpalatable way to a real devotee. They were mantras that are not found in tradition, nor are they found in scripture. But somehow or other, he had hundreds and thousands of followers. But Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in Puri, every evening he would be giving lectures from Chaitanya Charitamrita in the instruction of his father. And he was exposing the fallacies, the mistakes in the philosophy, the culture, and the presentation of this Babaji. In fact, it is said, one time this person came to Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati wouldn't even look at him. He said, why are your sons not looking at me? 
Bhakti Vinod said, because he hates sahajas. He loved the soul, but he hated the misconceptions that he was misleading people with. And nobody could stand before him because he was right. Everything was based on truth, knowledge, realization, and scripture. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was a fearless preacher. It is said that an acharya is soft like a rose and hard like a thunderbolt, according to the requirement. He went back to Navadweep, and there he had a bhajan kutir. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, when he departed from this world, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was plunged in an ocean of grief. But he took his mission as his heart and soul. The next year, Srila Gorki Shordas Babaji Maharaj left the world. There's the beautiful story. When Gorki Shordas Babaji Maharaj left the world, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had already established the Brajapatan. Brajapatan means the place where Lord Chaitanya performed his Brajalila. It's just not far from the Yoga Pita, the uh, birthplace of Lord Chaitanya, the house of Chandrasekhar Acharya. And he came by boat across the Ganga. And at that time, because Gorkishwar Das Babaji was such a famous, great soul, the Babajis there, Sahajya Babajis, they very much wanted to make his samadhi because so many tourists would come and visitors and pilgrims and they could make a lot of money using his name. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he said, I am the only disciple. Therefore, I should make his samadhi. There was a big fight. Hundreds of people were gathered to see this argumentation. It was very intense. Even the police came to make sure there was no violence. Who was going to get the body of Gorkishore Das Babaji? It was Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, one man against hundreds of Babajis who were claiming proprietorship of his body. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said that my Guru Maharaj was completely pure. And because he's completely pure, anyone who is impure is going to have to suffer miserable, sinful reactions if they touch his body. Therefore, let that Babaji, or renunciate, who has not had illicit connection with woman for one year, come to take his body. One month. If any of you have not had illicit connection with a woman for the last three days, you could come and touch his body and take him away. To everyone's amazement, every one of the Babajis quietly wept, crept away from that place.
people were stunned. He was the only one left. So the police gave over the body to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, whom then the local people said, actually, we heard Gorkishore Das Babaji when he was on his deathbed. He gave us the instructions that we should drag his body through the streets of Navadweep after he dies. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, that is the humility of a pure Vaishnava. But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he took the body of Haridas Thakur and held it in his own arms and carried him to his grave, to his samadhi. Krishna takes the devotee of the Lord, his feet on his own head. Although the devotee always is humble and thinks himself most abominable. So we should all take his feet on our head and with great awe and respect give him his place. Which they did. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in his deep humility he became very much depressed in a transcendental way. Because the mission of his two great gurus Bhakti Vinod and Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj was to take the message of Lord Chaitanya and the holy name of Krishna all over the world. He was thinking, without my, without my masters, I can do nothing for anyone. I have no power. I have no real devotion. In this state, he was lamenting. How will their mission be carried out? He had a transcendental vision. He saw the yoga pit from the sky. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with his associates were having Harinam Sankirtan party coming toward Lord Chaitanya's birthplace. When they arrived, he saw Nityananda Prabhu, Haridas Thakur, the entire Panchatattva, all the associates of Mahaprabhu described in Chaitanya Bhagwa, Chaitanya Charitamrita. He saw the six Goswamis headed by Rupa and Raghunath. And there he saw, along with them, was Gorkishore Das Babaji and Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And they were all mercifully glancing upon him. And then Lord Chaitanya spoke to him. He said, you go out and you preach. You have nothing to fear. All of us, we are with you at all times. We will empower you. He began to preach. At the beginning he had no money. He had no men to help him. Little by little, some people were coming. His first disciple was a man, he was actually the nephew of a high court judge. Very aristocratic family. And he came to Navadweep. And he was living with, with a baul, 
one of the Sahaja Sampradayas. And he was taking teachings and surrendering to that. One day he happened to come across Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur very, very lovingly was explaining what is the real, what is the real truth of the soul and of God. And what is the real path of perfection. And in doing so, he defeated the misconceptions that this person was hearing. But still, he was faithful to his guru, so he went back to his guru's ashram. That night, he had a dream where his guru and his guru's wife were in the form of two tigers. And they were growling ferociously and running at him to eat him. And all of a sudden, in that dream, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati came and chased the tigers away and rescued him. As soon as he woke up, he left the ashram, went to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and begged him, please initiate me, I surrender my life to you. And he remained a faithful disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur for the rest of his life. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was preaching in all around Mayapur Dham, Navadweep. And one of his disciples had the idea that many people are coming, educated people, and they're surrendering to you. People want, people need to hear your message. It's the most desperate need of the planet. There are millions of people in Calcutta. People from all over the world come through Calcutta. Please come to Calcutta and preach. And Gaur Purnima of one year Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was contemplating the best way to actually reach the world with the message of Lord Chaitanya. Although he was a Naistika Brahmachari, he felt that he should take sannyas. What he did is he came to the Brajapatam in Sri Mayapur Dham and by that time he had several disciples and he told them his plan. One so seriously considers one's wife to be his own that he sometimes kills himself or her or kills others including even his parents or his spiritual master or teacher. Therefore, if one can give up his attachment to such a wife, he conquers the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is never conquered by anyone. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Every husband is too much attached to his wife. Therefore, to give up one's connection with his wife is extremely difficult. But, 
if one can somehow or other give it up for the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then the Lord himself, although not able to be conquered by anyone, comes very much under the control of the devotee. And if the Lord is pleased with the devotee, what is there that is unobtainable? Why should one not give up his affection for his wife and children and take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Where is the loss of anything material? Householder life means attachment for one's wife, whereas sannyas means detachment from one's wife and attachment to Krishna. Om Jananjana Sadakaya Chakshuru Miditam Jena 